What is going on, Breakthrough Success listeners? Mark Verde here with another episode today. And as we continue to grow our businesses and go forward on that journey, we are going to face setbacks. And it's important for us to understand how do we turn around when those challenges strike? How do we go from being stuck to being able to power through those challenges by changing course by thinking a little bit outside of the box. So if you want to learn how to do that and create that turnaround that allows you to reach that new level of success, this is going to be a great episode for you. We are joined by the CEO of FAIR, the largest private funder of food allergy research. She's orchestrated the successful turnarounds of private and public organizations in various industries. And her book, Turnaround, which will be in the show notes, teaches readers how to change course when things are going south. Our guest who joins us is none other than Lisa Gable. Lisa, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. It is great to talk with you today. Lisa, it is such a pleasure to have you on Breakthrough Success. And I feel like there's so many people who they've been in business for years and Some of them, whether it's they're stuck or they just want to have better results, there's this idea that you can't do that by continuing on the same path. So how do we, well, let's start with this first. How can we tell if we need a turnaround? How can we tell if we have to change and take new actions? You know, there are a lot of different indicators of to whether or not you need to turn around. In some cases, it's that you keep trying to do different things that may normally work in other places and they're just not working. And so what you have to ask yourself is, why not? It worked at this place, it worked at that place, why isn't it working here? And the bottom line is you have to dig down and understand, understand the underlying cause of what your problem is. And if you instinctually are feeling like you need to turn around, more than likely you are. You've been watching those little yellow and red flags for a while. Things aren't moving forward the way that you want to. They're key indicators. People might be leaving the organization. You might have a financial deficit. Your sales are taking a hike. Or in some cases, you just don't have that level of collaboration that you had with your partners in the past, which might be telling you that they're looking elsewhere for partnerships and relationships. And whether it be you're in a corporation, you feel like the turnaround needs to happen, or maybe you're a solopreneur where you looked at some successful solopreneur and decide to model your work and your process on that person, just because someone became successful in one line of work doesn't mean everyone who pursues that line of work ends up becoming successful. So it's very important to give yourself a gut check, and especially so if you kind of feel like you need to turn around. You've seen, as Lisa mentioned, the yellow and red flags, but you haven't been doing anything with it. And it's just a matter of finding that small way to initiate the turnaround. It gets easier from there. The hardest part is definitely being able to start. Like you see these yellow and red flags, like, okay, time to take action. Now, how would you advise that 
we actually take the action we need to take instead of uh, just becoming indifferent to the yellow and red flags around us. Well, everybody has to make a decision to link arms and jump into the pool together. And I have to tell you, during COVID, I tell people about going back into the office. I feel like I have one foot in the pool and one foot on the concrete. But as it relates to turnarounds, I have sort of four steps that I tell people to take. First, visualize the future. If you could wave your magic wand, exactly what do you want the world to look like? And then you have to break down the past. And you've really got to peel back the onion, really dig deep, understand uh, what you've done in the past. Go back and understand why you were founded. Sometimes we actually get off course because we were founded for a particular intent and then we've kind of weaved away from that. So go back, understand the past, break it down, and then you build your path from the past to the future. But most importantly, once you make those decisions, you've done and you've used the items and the decision trees that I outlined in my book, don't second guess yourself. Execute with speed, confidence, agility, and most importantly, heart. And I want to emphasize the last thing. Every action we take in our lives impacts other individuals. That's particularly a big issue when you're talking about a turnaround. You're going to be making decisions that impact other people. And the bottom line is you can't avoid making those hard decisions. But the manner in which you engage with that individual, the manner in which you might engage with a partner that's no longer the right partnership for where you want to go in the future, be kind. There's actually a distinct possibility that that person will reemerge in another position and there will be an opportunity to work together. So sometimes we have to remind ourselves on both sides of the fences, it's just business. It's not personal and always keep the door open that the relationship continues at another point in time. And I mean, when it comes to achieving any turnaround, it is so important to understand like, what's the end goal here? A lot of people, they, it's just a very vague, like, especially when you see like personal finance, which is an area I feel like people need to learn that a lot earlier than when they get out of college. But it's like, what are your goals? What are you going for? What do you want at the end of this turnaround? And as Lisa so elegantly describes, like visualize your future. What does that look like if you could truly wave a magical wand? Now, during the turnaround process, like th there's going to be some challenges you face along with that because you may have to pick up some new systems. You may have to start building relationships with people you've never met before. How do we commit to seeing the turnaround through rather than stopping halfway uh, because it's too hard or something to that effect? Well, you mentioned a very good point, which is that it is a hard process, but it's not an unconquerable process. And what will happen is if you follow these very distinct processes, and I, I build my processes based on what I learned at Intel Corporation almost 30 years ago, based on you know clear manufacturing processes, you always want to increase deliverables and you want to decrease costs. That's what you want to do. It doesn't matter if you're a church. It doesn't matter if you are a business, a large business or a small business. Those are the two things that you want to keep in mind. You begin to make the changes. You have to recognize that change at the beginning may be difficult. And sometimes when you're just at that point where it seems that you can't go on, 
keep moving forward because that's the point where you've crawled up the hill, you've gotten yourself to the top, and at that stage, you literally are going to be at that point where you tip over, and all of a sudden, those very distinct processes based on quantitative values, you always want to be quantitative, you want to set goals for yourself that are measurable, ones that are aggressive, but at the same time, you want to check each of those boxes off as you're moving up that hill, and as you do so, and you're making very sound decisions based on the book, you're going to have an opportunity where everything starts to happen very, very quickly. And that's a really interesting point that Lisa mentions where if you keep going up this hill and you feel like it's challenging, you feel like it can't get harder than this, that's actually a good time to keep going, like not a ton more, but just a little bit more because it, the big thing is to have these little steps and each little step gets you like, you see more possibility for yourself. And if you're at this point where you feel like you're about to break down, just that little extra, like write an extra sentence for your book or do the extra outline for your next video. It doesn't have to be monumental steps when you're at that point because there is a value to taking breaks as well. But if you're able to push through some of the more challenging times, it builds your work ethic and resilience for some of the stuff that may come forward. Now, some corporations, individuals, they go through this whole turnaround process. They saw the yellow and red flags. They zip right through the finish line. They get to their realized vision. And that's a blessing and a curse in some ways because success could really be a type of drug that blinds your perception of reality. And I feel like you got some super successful people who reach really great heights only to come crashing down in a very ugly fashion. So once we complete our turnaround, how do we stay in check rather than you see a lot of people, they lose 50 pounds and regain it the following year? Well, you know, Andy Grove, who was the head of Intel Corporation, he was Time Magazine Man of the Year, used to talk about only the paranoid survive. So the bottom line is you've gone through all this pain, you've gone through all the agony, you've gotten that thing turned around, don't let it fail. You're always paranoid. There's always going to be a new competitor. There's going to be some new event that happens. When we look at the pace of innovation, it used to be a multi-year period of time. And now innovation is happening very, very rapidly. That means the pace of competition is happening very rapidly. You want to keep using these same steps over and over and over again. And, and again, to go back to the world of, of Intel, we talked about OKRs, management by objectives. And you mentioned small steps. One critical thing is that every quarter you make your plans, your plans are quantitative, you make an annual plan that relates to quantitative goals that you're going to meet at certain points in your timeline, but then you break it down by quarter. And you say, I'm going to do these things as measured by Bing, bing, bing. And you mentioned something. It might be that I'm going to do two more videos than I did last month. I'm going to do three more of these things than I did before. Those are your small bites. And you're right. You have to be able to make the plan with the vision in the future. It may take you 18 months. It may take you three years. I've noticed in business, it's usually three years before a turnaround is complete. But the bottom line is don't become relaxed because truly only the paranoid survive. That is a very interesting take. And 
with big companies, I'm just going to mention Amazon here because I remember seeing this somewhere, but they're continuing to innovate with the idea that if we stop innovating, it's only a matter of time before we go out of business. Yeah. Now, it might sound unfathomable to think Amazon ever goes out of business, but that's the way the people at the top think. They really feel like they have to keep on innovating, keep on pushing the envelope or else people are going to get lazy at the top. The new innovators are going to overtake them and they go out of business. Again, not something you think is going to happen, but something that management is definitely thinking about over there. And you've probably got this going on with all of these big companies because uh, companies that are like shutting down their doors, like 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you would have never thought those companies would have done that. So it's very important to always keep that in perspective so you don't fall into the trap where you do the turnaround successfully, you get to your end goal, but at the end, like one year later, you're back in your old path. Now, I know you've helped a lot of public and private organizations with their turnarounds. I'm sure some of them went better than others. What would you say were some of the elements of the successful turnarounds so we could look at ourselves and see how we can incorporate those elements into our approach? I believe very strongly the most important thing is collaboration and partnerships. You cannot do all this on your own. You mentioned Amazon. Amazon truly is one of the only companies that encompasses as much as it does, but it still doesn't do it on its own. And so what you have to do is focus on your core competency. What's job one? What's the primary metric that's going to make the make or break success of your business? And then make a decision. If you're not really that good at something else, you don't have to build it. You can go find a partner. What that does is it allows your money to stay in your organization. It's highly leveraged. You're leveraging off the success of the partner. You're linking arms and through that point of collaboration towards common goals and make sure they are common goals and also make sure that your partner has the same, not only vision that you do, but operating style that you do. And I can't emphasize that enough because if you're partnering, you do not share the same operating style around planning, around process, it will not work. And so you do wanna share a philosophy of business. You want to work together. You wanna to identify those goals. And the irony is at some point you might be competing with each other and then you may be back to partnering. So, you know, my second message, as I always say, is don't burn bridges. Collaboration, I mean, that's any content career, like. A podcaster like me, like you obviously see the collaborations in effect. Every single guest who comes on the show, that's a collaborative effort. There's a lot of collaboration that I've done that has really attributed to the growth of my brand. And I really think for everybody, if you want to grow in any way, uh, whether it's business or you want to hit fitness goals or something that has nothing to do with business whatsoever, a collaborative approach is always going to be the best. But the only way that you really see the transformation is if you acknowledge those yellow and red flags and you start on your turnaround journey. Our guest has a really great book called Turnarounds. We've been hinting at it a little bit, sharing some of the insights, but uh, definitely go in the show notes, grab your copy if this is a conversation you want to have on a deeper level with yourself. Uh, Lisa, I'm wondering if you could share with us some of the other places we can find you as well so we can keep following your work and journey. 
Sure. Why don't you connect with me on LinkedIn? I'm always happy to connect with people. Uh, the website for the book is turnaroundbook.com. And of course, it's being sold on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and other sites. So just go in, uh, put the word in turnaround and Lisa Gable and you'll come up with the book. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram. So I look forward to connecting with each and every one of you. And I really do like relationships. So it's wonderful the degree to which I've made partnerships through doing sessions like this. It's, it's always interesting who reaches out to you. So I really do appreciate the opportunity. We'll have those links in the show notes. Breakthrough Success listeners, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you reach out to Lisa. Let her know you enjoyed the episode. Reach out to me as well. We always love to hear from you guys. So definitely want to invite some of that conversation for anyone who wants to take part. Lisa, thank you so much for joining us on Breakthrough Success. It was such a pleasure to have you here today. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate being invited.